0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's guest is Cynthia Correa Nazario, a young woman, taekwondo practitioner, and student from Queens, New York. I've been speaking to uh, Ms. Nazario for a little over a year and trying to find the proper way to structure and to tell her story. Cynthia is a remarkable young lady. She is pursuing a degree in public communications. She is a Taekwondo instructor. She is a black belt. She has been the Queens College junior and four-time national champion. Uh, she She was fifth in the USAT senior female rankings in 2018 and number one in New York. She has earned a multiple of medals over her very short life and prestigious Taekwondo career. My name is Mark Sarianos. I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life magazine. I'm your host, and I'm a third Don Blackwell. The importance of this episode and the importance of this discussion is that it focuses something that we have talked about with other guests, but none that are so directly affected as Miss Nazario. And that is the struggle of Taekwondo practitioners in their 20s in college to both manage the time elements and requirements and the financial requirements of competing on a high level and staying in school and trying to figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life. I think this is an important episode. And I thank Miss Nazario for spending time talking to us, and I look forward to more episodes like this where people can share their personal and very important and relevant journeys.
1: Okay, so welcome to today's episode of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. Today we are talking to first-degree black belt, Cynthia Correo-Nazario. How are you, ma'am?
2: Hello, I'm just fine today.
1: Very good, very good. So, uh, I am excited to talk to you. I know we've been um, scheduling, has is always uh, an issue. So, we, we, we've probably spent the better part of a year almost um, talking, and, and finally, here we are. So, so, thank you talking to our audience.
2: No problem. I'm glad to you know, share my experiences with you guys.
1: Well, that's great. Well, we're, we're glad to hear it. So, let's start out. Um, I know that your father is a Taekwondo master. So tell us about when you got started in Taekwondo and how was it that you started training in the martial arts?
2: When I was about like 10 or 11, uh, that's when I first uh, went to a Taekwondo like trial class because my dad and my stepbrother at the time were doing martial arts. So then my dad ends up, you know, getting his black belt and opening up a school. And all of a sudden, you know, it was in a seventy fifth street, Elder okay. And, you know, all of a sudden I was doing Taekwondo six days a week.
1: That's that's great. That's a story that we hear from a lot of the sort of second generation folks whose um, fathers, mothers, family members have um Dojang, whether in Taekwondo or anywhere else, is that, you know, it becomes right your second home. It becomes your after school program. It becomes exactly. your daycare. It becomes all of those all of those things. Um, what did you What did you think about um, You know, it's for for you. It was. It seems like you got involved as a result of a family circumstance, not as a result of, hey, I saw a Taekwondo on television or I saw a tournament or I was dying to try this, but it was sort of as a result of the fact that your family was involved. What was your feeling about it when you, when you got involved? Was it something that you immediately dove in and was like, wow, this is, this is great, or, or was it something that you resisted? And, 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 and what happened? What was your journey like?
2: it's funny because, to be honest, I hated Taekwondo at some point.
1: Okay. And I I think we've all all experienced that at one point or another.
2: Yeah, it was like you know, a lot. You know, it was a lot. Part of me just wanted to be kind of like a a kid. And I spent a lot of my weekends at tournaments and, you know, cross trainings. I you know, spent a lot of my vacations and after school just training, training, training. And my my dojan was walking distance from my house too so it was also convenient and so after you know a while i kind of was a little rebellious and i and i wanted to do things like try soccer you know my sure. dad was like Foc- you know focus on taekwondo you have to you know do this and you know he was pretty adamant and so then i, I but i did step away and then after you know like starting college again or like college, to be honest, this is when I was like, you know, taekwondo is something I need. And so I, I, I put my heart into it and this time I put, you know, all my energy into it because I chose it. So that was another thing about taekwondo. You know, when you choose it, it, it's so, it has so much greater of an impact in your
1: life. Well, that's an important distinction. I think that that is important. And I think, you know, um, especially as parents, right, we always try to expose our kids to um, different things. Sometimes they are things that they express interest in. Sometimes it's things that we feel are um, best for them. But um, And I think no matter what, if it's Taekwondo or the martial arts, you get something out of it. But I do think you're right that in order to be able to um, achieve the next level, there has to be a certain point where, It comes really from a passion and a a desire, um, or or a need, and maybe for you, stepping away from it made you see how much how much more important it it was in your life. Yeah, and how much more Mm -hmm. important it was in your life than then you realize. So, um we've been using this uh, in the last couple of weeks some of the discussions that I've had. I, I talked to Master uh Chan Lee in, in Wisconsin and he refers to taekwondo as a gift, a gift we give our family, a gift that we give ourselves. And um I think that in your story it sounds like, you know, you sort of recognize that uh even though you may not have realized it at the time that that your father exposing you to the martial arts and your family was 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 a gift that sort of just took some time to 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 generate. So, tell Tell me about when you. Um, I, I see that you've, you've had quite a lot of competitions. Um, you've competed on a national level. You're four, I, I, four or five. I think a four-time national champion. Um, you've earned a. Fifth. So tell me about that. Tell me about your your, your competition record. Um, and Tell me about, uh, you know what that is. You know what that's entailed for you over the years.
2: I kind of feel like an underdog who keeps pushing, and sometimes people are like, "How is she winning?" Honestly. I really think that's how, you know, my experience has been. You know, I consider myself literally a fighter fighter at heart. You know, again, it's been hard because I'm 25, for instance, and I'm trying to get this bachelor's degree. And so paying for school, going to competitions, you know, being full time is hard and training. So now you have to go part time. It makes the process longer like, it's been a battle emotionally, it's been a battle, you know, financially, you know, it's literally a dream, you know, to do Taekwondo. And a lot of people take it for granted, you know, and it becomes the wrong thing sometimes with the way that the politics end up working out within Taekwondo and the way the game's played, you know, and how it's not always fair. So it's like, Then, you know, the point system. So it's just like the way things are going, it's like if you don't have the money for it, you're not going to be able to really get to the places you want to go.
1: Well, that's that's very interesting, and and there's two components to that, and I I want to break them down. So so we'll, we'll put the money part of it. Secondary, even though it's not secondary, but we're going to put it secondary in the discussion. So, for the purposes of the first part of the discussion, um, you know, I've have t- talked to competitive athletes ab- about this and um, in ta- in taekwondo, and there is an evolving. There's been an evolving dynamic over the last couple of years in terms of the point systems and rankings and things of, and things of that nature, and that's that's difficult. But on the positive side, let me ask you your opinion in terms of doesn't that to some degree mirror the other challenges that we have in our life. And doesn't that help you to be able to um, meet the challenges of, of, outside of the dojang um, more, more head on in the sense that nothing in life is ever fully guaranteed or, 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 or fixed. Would you agree with that?
2: Absolutely. Like I know that, you know, Taekwondo allowed me to conquer other things in the world. I say that all the time. Like when I was achieving my associate's degree, I would say that Taekwondo was harder than that because it's, it, it's so – it's like it's a tool. It is a gift. I can 100% agree. It's a gift. And, and so I consider myself successful because I have a specific mindset that I have earned through my you know, experience in Taekwondo. Well,
1: that's correct. That's, that's now let's talk about the, the other part of it, which is not as much – within our control, right? It, it, it's the financial aspects. And we happen to live in a country where Taekwondo is, there's not the type of financial, um, availability of funds to support the training of high level athletes, even up to the Olympic level. It, it is not, you know, it, it doesn't have the division one full recognition that, that other sports have such as football or baseball or certainly basketball. Um, tell me about the economic challenges. How, how has that impacted on your ability to uh, compete and to increase your, your ranking and your viability as a, uh, as a high level candidate? Um,
2: I mean, experience it's part of competing is experience and you can't keep going. Like, I appreciate that like local tournaments, they're becoming more favorable because you're getting, you're earning points in them that. that also, you know, increases attendance. So that's something that, you know, does help but you need high level fighters to attend you know you need to know that there's high level fighters so you're not kind of like wasting your time in a way because you need to be at that level always you know they're challenging yourself so that you can keep progressing and you kind of have to pay for that and so it's you know you you get fortunate because as you go into the the time and taekwondo and you pass you end up making friendships and relationships and you know you do cross trainings and it's not like you're always paying for them and you build families and this is a community and it's a, it's a way of life. You know, Taekwondo is a great thing.
1: But it certainly is um, when it comes to, and and I talked to the folks from TMM about this a little bit, when it comes to traveling around the country, paying for airfare, paying for hotels, paying for tournament fees, it can be very, very, it can be very, very challenging. Um, and, and that can be a great impediment to, uh, growth and progress on a national and, and, and an international level.
2: Exactly.
1: So, um, so I think it's important to speak about, and that's one of the reasons why, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're, we're speaking because I think it's important to highlight that and to see where we can try to, um, come up with some. Alternatives and answers. Obviously, in this conversation, it's not necessarily going to happen. But, um, but I do think that there were some good things happening on the collegiate level with the NCTA. I won a collegiate with, medal,
2: and that was an interesting experience because it was different than the USAT experience.
1: Tell me about how it was different. What was different about it?
2: Like one of the things was, you know, the hips are always a problem, and I had this thing in my back, and it was an issue. But there was a chiropractor and, and medics. At, you know, collegics, but there's not one in nationals. And I, I thought that was, you know, that was just something like services provided for the, you know, and then I, of course, I paid less per se to be a part or join that, you know, national competition. So I was, you know, and more people compete at nationals. It was just interesting that they wouldn't provide like a service like that, for instance, knowing that that's something that's important.
1: Well, that's, that's, that is interesting. And it's interesting that um, perhaps as the National Collegiate Taekwondo Association expands its foothold and its reach, and as it partners more with the USAT, perhaps some of the um, positive things that they're doing at um, NCTA tournaments will um, become the standard as opposed to being the, the exception to the rule. You know, and a lot of the National Collegiate um, athletes have. Have achieved high rank. I mean, Stephen Lambden who's a U.S. Uh, Olympian, is uh, I think the, I think he is probably the most successful male um, collegiate Taekwondo athlete in the history of um, of the country. So um, there is a you know there is how is the program? So so you're you're in your um, college. You represented Hunter College. Is that still where where you're where you're going now, or are you going someplace else now?
2: Um, I go to another school now, and part of why I'm, you know, I left that school is because, you know, I won them a silver medal. Yeah. And, you know, it, and I was, and I'm not going to, I went back to the office and I'm like, you know, you know, where can this be posted somewhere? Is this going to be written down? Like, like, well, tell me more, you know, because I see national, you know, winners all over the school in a way. And I want to, I, I have questions now. Sure. So I was not acknowledged at all. Because for some reason, it's like they, they said that they didn't acknowledge that uh, organization of – what is it? It's like the NACC. It's like a different organization. Uh,
1: the, the NCAA – so the NCAA, it, it, there, there's been a movement for expansion of NCAA recognition of Taekwondo at certain campuses. So, so in the college that you were at, they, they were – perhaps only only recognizing students who were involved in NCAA tournaments. Is that what your, your sense was? Yeah,
2: exactly. So it's like there was like there was no – there's like it doesn't matter that on the paperwork on this side, Hunter College gets to have the
1: Right. Well, unfortunately, I think that that relates to issues of the fact that the NCAA is such a um, financially driven um, partnership with colleges that from their perspective, unfortunately, in many cases – seeing you win that medal, they weren't as excited for you because it doesn't generate perhaps any type of p- potential revenue for them as, as a college because the NCAA in areas like football and, and, and there's tr- tremendous amount of revenue that is that's generated. Well, what about what you're studying now? Do they have a Taekwondo program, a Taekwondo club, a Taekwondo team, class? Do they have anything of that nature? Have you been able to continue
2: um, um, that? that? Joe Lupo, he, he, at one point had a, program there. But then, you know, he decided that, you know, he wouldn't do that anymore. So then that was like only for a short period. And so that was the only, you know, Taekwondo program I know that was there at Queens College.
1: So, so have you been doing um, able to, I, I know that you're, you're actively pursuing your degree um, have you been able to train outside of the college environment? Um, the in, most in... I've
2: been able to do right now is teach. So I'm still in the taekwondo like environment, but for this moment, I'm in one of those again reflective stage, wrapping up my degree since I'm an upper senior, and right. you know, kind of figuring out how I'm gonna put Taekwondo back into my life because I am still young. I'm still very capable. You know, they say, you know, 17 to 32, there's time, you know, I can do this. And I have focused for five, six years in a row. And, you know, I was able to, you know, take four medals from that. And that's a, that's good to me. That's worth a fight. You know, I can do it, you know, and I, I have a lot of people to thank on the way. It really did take a community to, to get me to these locations, you know, and I definitely thank everyone for a long time. I was like third, fifth in the country. You know, that's something I could be proud of and something that I missed, something that was in my heart and that I want to keep striving, you know, to get to. And I know it takes years and, you know, I have it in me.
1: Well that 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 is great and I know that your your attitude on it is, is positive and I agree with you. And I think that the only regret in martial arts training that I've ever come across is the regret of people who leave it and don't come back to it soon enough. So um, I, I, I think your your position on it is good. And while life does get difficult and life does does get hectic, that you know for for your own sake that you absolutely must find the time to um, get back to it because. That will be your regret later on in life, because as you said, you're you're you're, you're in your peak years, and you're certainly in your peak training years, and um, your muscle memory, I'm sure, is great. Um, your physical fitness is great. So to get back into it, um, it'll you it'll know be nothing. What, yeah, once 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 you start hitting your peak performance, you'll you'll be ready mm-hmm. to go. So tell me a little bit about. I'm just always curious about the mindset because your um, your history has been that of um, sparring. Uh, competitor. What is it that made you gravitate more towards uh, that aspect of it than more towards, let's say, uh, the Pumse aspect of um, of Taekwondo training?
2: Parents have a lot of influence on the, you know, on the one that the child chooses. So my dad basically said, this is what's happening. And that's what happened. He said that we were sparring. You know, when we were young, of course, we did all three, you know, it's like part of sure. the experience, you know, sure. But as you get bigger, he, and you know more competitions, more cross training. Like the money has to go not towards breaking boards per se, but they has to go towards like your new gear or you know getting sure. to that location. So that you have to end up picking one, and sparring with the one.
1: And is that still in in reflection for you? Do you still um, find that um, there's value to you in in doing the other aspects of Taekwondo, or are do you, feel, do you feel yourself more of a? I always like to ask if people feel that they're more of a martial artist or more of an athlete, or do they consider themselves both? Because t- many times when people are on the sparring side, they think of themselves more as an athlete than they do as a mar- as a martial artist. Even though, of course, it's all part of the same umbrella.
2: I like I feel that like when it comes to board breaking, that's cool. But I was never more interested in that. When it comes to forms, as I get older, I'm much more interested in that. And I know that you know when I'm like. 60 and there's no more sparring for me, then Pumse would be the thing that I would want to focus on because I want Taekwondo forever. So that's an important aspect of my life as well.
1: That's great. That is, uh, that's great. And that's important. And I think it's, it, it's, it's, it's a matter perhaps of where we find ourselves um, able to, to have the greatest amount of progress. And from your perspective, perhaps you're right, being somebody who's young and, and more physically um, capable, um, perhaps your, the devotion of time to sparring now um, is something that later you won't necessarily have as much of an option because you don't necess- you aren't necessarily just naturally as as viable as a sparring candidate when you certainly when you get to be over 35 and it relates to the rankings and it relates to the um, to the bra- to the bracketing. So um, I, I think it's an it's, a, it's an interesting perspective. So tell me about. From your perspective, one of the things I'm interested, because you are young, but you've been doing this for a while, is when you start when you started sparring, what was your sense in terms of your level of timidness and intimidation? Were you somebody who jumped on the mat and was ready to take on your opponent head-on, or did you feel timid about the notion of, of, of hitting and being hit, um, and how did that transition?
2: Um, so, like, that, that, that mental training, it happens in the dojo, too. And so, like, I had a sister, and, you know, people used to cry. Little girls used to cry once they saw that they had to fight her, you know? But I wasn't, like, capable in that way. Uh, like, you know, so then my my fight was always, like, harder because I felt like, for me, I was just, like, already starting with a mental situation in my mind when I got in there. So then, you know, at the dojo at... You know when we're practicing it was hard 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 fight 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 you know you know get your feet up you know do what you have to do so then in the ring that was exactly what I would do you know so, whatever so you, you, know, you
1: so you so you embraced it you 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 went into it enthusiastically and you, and you felt that you weren't um, you 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 felt that edge over the you uh, and I see it a lot in sparring, especially for, for, for young people. Sometimes for them, they don't even understand the fullness of their capability because they're so afraid. Sometimes not only to be hit, but sometimes they're afraid to hit. They don't like to hit other people, and they and and they don't understand that it's part of the um, part of the drill, you know. And 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 they hold back. So, but it sounds it sounds to me like you 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 were in a different headspace than that.
2: I mean, I used to get hurt a lot more, so I definitely feel like. I'm more like conscious now in a way, you know, I guess I'm a smarter fighter, I would call it, but I, w- I, I would call myself more savage back in the day because I would just go, 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 kick. I don't care, you know, worry about, drag my leg home later. You know, I, get, I became to the point where I feel like I learned how to play extremely safe. And if I can just get over that hump, that I would be that, you know, I, that little extra that I need to, to finish these finals.
1: Well, that's great. I mean, that's a. You, you 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 sound to me like you you have a very uh, engaged mindset on it, and you understand what you want, and it's just a matter of um, a little delay in 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 the path to getting to your um, to your to your ultimate goal. So um,
2: that's just a test. It's just a test. That's what I call it.
1: That that's important. That's a, and that's an important way to look at it, and that's an important way to keep it. Um, in, in your mindset. So you're now um, at the end, right, of your um, your collegiate career. Or how far along are you in terms of your uh, your collegiate journey, uh, in terms of your, your, your outside of Taekwondo? You're, you're a senior now?
2: Yeah, I'm a senior in college now, finally, I would like to add. And, you know, it's been a lot of work trying to balance everything, you know, trying to balance the time to train per se, you know, having work, but good enough work you know, that's going to get you to these competitions, but that will allow you to leave at this time while being in college and making sure that you're doing things around the schedule because I can't be out of college because I'm paying for that too. So it was just sure. like a lot going on. And I feel like I did pretty good, but at the end, I had to make some decisions because I'm, it's time to like do things. You know, like I have to pick one thing, just finish it, and then do what I have to do. Sure.
1: Sure. And so what lies ahead for you after after college? Are you planning to go to graduate school or are you planning to, to look for work? What What is your thought or are you still undecided in that regard?
2: To be honest, imagine being able to do anything in the world in a way I feel that way. And it's like having so many choices could actually be a bad thing because, you know, I, there's – and there's possibilities of what my life can be like, which could be absolutely nerve-wracking. So, you know, that's just it's another com- part of it's, life.
1: It, yeah, and it's a combination, I think, of, I think you hit the nail on the head, but it, it's both nerve-wracking and exhilarating at the same time, right? I mean, it's, it's the, the best of times and the worst of times to, exactly. to, to some degree. so like All my how-
2: choices right now matter it's
1: a lot. Well, that's good. And, and, and you, you're you a very mature woman and it sounds to me like you really have this this you understand what the challenges are and it sounds like you're approaching it head on as opposed to um, simply going through the motions. So that's um, really significant. So tell tell me, uh, I always like to, to get a sense as to now, you know, you're you're into uh, a martial arts journey that you've that you've taken for somebody who's young and who's entering the dojo for the, the dojang for the first time um, as a young person, what would be the best advice that you would give them if you had to, to look at your, at your journey over the past um, 15 years? And, and, and what would you say to them?
2: So I was teaching on Saturday at New Victory Taekwondo in Middle Village, and a little girl, her dad was like, talk to her because she doesn't want to spar. So then I sat down with her and I said, all righty then, so why don't you want to spar? And then she just kind of didn't give me an answer. But then I said to her, is there something else you're more interested in? And she said, I'm interested in Punse And I'm like, are you sparring once a week? And she said, yes. So then I said, so what more does he want from you? Because in in the end of the day, you can, don't let your parents put all this pressure on you. Love this for you and take your time and do your best and always try, you know, and don't let, the, you know, the pressure be the reason you're doing something or not doing something because you can do You can do all things. You're young. You have the gift of youth. So I was like, be happy. Okay. And maybe spar twice a week so that your dad will be happier. And you know and that's it and, and
1: that's great advice and I think it's a big umbrella and I think that you know I see people over the course of my Taekwondo journey there are people that, that um don't ever want to compete in anything there are people that are focused on wanting to be on demonstration teams there are people that want to love to there are people that want to spar and there's room for everybody I think that it's it's about actualizing self right and, and and improving as long as we're improving and as long as we're doing better um, and we're sharing with other people. Um, I think that's what the whole journey is about.
2: Exactly. So
1: yeah. So tell me about if, uh, what, uh, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, wanted to find out a little bit about what's happening to you, is there a good place for that, either on social media or um, at the dojang that you teach? What would be a good place for people? I can always put it in the show notes for pe- people to contact you um, to find out more about what's happening for you in, in your life and in your journey.
2: Um, that's a good question. Uh, cause there's like so many options to that, but I guess we'll start with like my Facebook. Okay. You know, I know a lot of people don't have Facebook, but you know, I'm also willing to put my email, you know, if that's something that's okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, whatever whatever you're comfortable with. If, uh, if if you're comfortable with with people emailing you, you can give me your email. We can we can tag that to, to the episode. Whatever's a good a good way for you to um, people to get in touch with you. And if and if you want to if you want to simply um, not put anything, we could do that also. It's completely up to you.
2: Okay, but I think that like you know the Facebook and the email thing that may be, you know more because I know a lot of people do not you know use Facebook as much That's for great. the most part.
1: Sure. So, 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 so let me know what. We'll, yeah. So we could use your email. That, that's perfect. All right. Well, that's great. And and I think that, that you know um, one of the things that the conversation um, brings out for me, and one of the things I really want to um, express is that particularly I think for our young athletes, people up and coming, that we need to do better um, as older people in the in the art to be able to give them the support that they need so that things like finances is not as much of a burden on them so that our athletes that are good um, don't have to feel like they have to be away from the sport because they can't afford to compete or they can't afford to buy the equipment or they can't afford to travel.
2: Or they're nervous about debt. You know, that's another topic, you know, debt trying to become, you know, that level athlete. That's a real thing. And I have acquired it and I've been you know, fortunate enough to you know, again, having to step away so I can work more to pay it off before it got ridiculous.
1: Sure, sure. Well, well, Cynthia Correo-Nazario, uh, I thank you for sharing your experience with us. Uh, you are, um, like, as I said, you were in August of 2018. You were, you were number one in New York in the fin weight, fifth in the USAT uh, senior female ranking. Um, I know that you have uh, three medals from USAT sanctioned events silver medal from the National Collegiate Taekwondo Association, collegiates, um, and four um, uh, national championships. Y- your, your your resume speaks for itself. Um, you're mature and articulate and a, a great spokesman for, for people of your demographic who are trying to balance Taekwondo training, Taekwondo competition, and coming to their own in, in, in life. And, you know, one of the greatest uh, fall-offs in terms of uh, our art our, our, in terms of where people stop training, is when they get to the point that they get to high school and, and college because of all of these reasons. So so um, I think sharing your story is, is really, really helpful to people um, to understand a little bit about what that dynamic is and to help those who are, you know, in the powers that be to help to diagnose how they can help out. I'm
2: glad I can so, do that and I can help.
1: Well, thank you. And we look forward to speaking to you further. Um, and uh, I, I, I thank you so much. And we wish you the best in your personal journey and your professional journey and in your Taekwondo journey.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And thank you for your time today as well.
1: Very good. Thank you, ma'am. Bye. With spending time and training and working on the podcast and the magazine, it is difficult for me sometimes to get out to the store or the supermarket. And when that occurs, I always rely on Instacart friend of mine introduced me to Instacart about a year ago, and it has really changed the way that I shop. I go on the computer or on my phone. I have multiple cho- stores to choose from in the neighborhood. I can select all of my products for del- delivery, and it'll give me other alternative products based upon my preferences, and it's really, really a helpful tool towards making your life a heck of a lot easier. No more worrying about trying to find parking at the supermarket or standing in line at the checkout counter. You can just do all of it from your computer. It'll help you save money by giving you suggestions on deals and by providing you alternative products. And shoppers will hand select your products. They'll bag them up neatly and they'll deliver them within a specified delivery window. I have never had a problem with the products, the groceries, or the service from Instacart. And if you follow the show notes, and you let Instacart know that we sent you, they'll provide you free delivery on your first order of over $35. I highly recommend it. And I think that it, for me, has been one of the life-changing services that i've gotten involved with i'm not a guy who does a lot of internet shopping but this is something i don't like to be without thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check
0: us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube